Welcome to Triumph and Disaster, a show dedicated to manly creativity and culture. Brought to you by your host, Cameron McHarg. Hey guys, it's Cameron McHarg. We're back for another episode of Triumph and Disaster. And this week I have an old friend of mine, actually, uh, Daniel Friedman, who is one of the smartest guys I know. Uh, you know, he's one of these guys that... Um, we would get together and maybe we'd have a, we'd have a beer or something or even coffee or something and just talk for hours. And I would just wish I'd be like, shit, I wish, I wish, I wish we were recorded this because it was just so good. There's just so many crazy insights that he had about everything, books and movies and culture. Daniel's actually a, um, a successful comic book, uh, writer and uh, colorist and screenwriter. He's one of the co-authors of Undying Love, and also one of the co-screenwriters, uh, which uh, that movie's actually being made by Warner Brothers in the process of that. Can't say with who yet, but it's in the works. He's a pretty prolific writer, and uh, he's done a lot of things, and uh, I've actually acted one of his films as well. I'll make sure to put it up, but um, I just wanted to, I wanted to have him on the show, and I'm glad that I did. So, without further ado, Daniel Friedman. All right, we're on now, so you can keep eating your fries. We're at the House of Pies. With Daniel Friedman. Hello. Who, uh, we've been friends for a long time now, actually. So we went to Art Center. That was like almost 10 years ago, I think. Something like that. Getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hard to believe. It's just crazy. Yeah. Time flies. But uh, And you dropped out. <clears throat> I dropped out after one year. <laughs> I'd had enough. And did well, though. So... So actually, so House of Pies, first of all, I didn't know that. So what did you say about this place? You said- uh, so legend has it that yeah. uh, this is where Tarantino wrote uh, True Romance. And then recently I heard Charlie Kaufman wrote, I think being John Malkovich, yeah. but I could be wrong. Did that here? Yeah. So if you guys don't know, so House of Pies looks exactly like a uh, Tarantino cafe like in Pulp Fiction or something. It still looks just like some yeah, of those, fairly tacky. One of those old, old school L.A diners yeah mediocre food yeah which you just which i just ate yeah Yeah. and pies and pies the pies are one of those rotating they're okay refrigerator things they're not bad cream pies not good sorts they're not bad. yeah they're not bad (laughs) so uh yeah let's go for a second back to the art center days so we were film students there and uh just kind of latch on to a little small group of friends and some of them have done well like Hugo Stenson yeah uh, Hugo's doing well. stuff and some some people are doing some different things and then other and, people just vanished from the face of the planet yeah yeah, yeah. that's always interesting that's too that's the majority yeah I think other people have done pretty well though um, and then there are people in different classes that have gone on to do well like yeah uh, and I didn't know any of those Saman and some of those guys <laughs> but you dropped out because you were working which is like the whole point yeah i landed a job i was 20 mm-hmm. and um that was yeah i started working from there you were, uh, you were editing at the time a lot weren't you yeah well yeah. not really but i got a job <laughs> editing um you just did it i had used final cut yeah um <laughs> i knew how to move things around on the timeline yeah um but i hadn't really you know ed- edited anything legitimate or or beyond my own yeah, crap. I was shooting at school. Right, right. Um, but uh, but I met two guys, uh, 
Tom Coker, one of them. Uh-huh. You, you know, who has been show. on the show. Yeah. By the way, that's a really good episode, and we talk about you a little bit in that. So if anybody hasn't heard, if anybody's a fan of, we're, and we're going to get to the comic stuff, but is, if anybody's a fan of comic book art, Marvel stuff, whatever, check out the Tom Coker episode. Check and out then, the Tom Coker episode. Go on with Tom, and who else, who else was it? Uh, David Elliott. Okay. And, uh, who is of what fame? Uh, screenwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, screenwriter of uh, films such as Four Brothers. Uh-huh. And G.I. Joe. Okay. Um, and they had just gotten back from Romania where they had shot a small horror film for Lionsgate uh, produced by the guys who made the Saw films, uh-huh. Twisted Pictures. And and at that time, when we were at Center, like, that was huge. That's when, Saw were, that's when it was new. Yeah, so this film it that was... they were doing was supposed to be the first of the seven-picture deal that they got from Saw. Uh-huh. Um, and... They uh, were just starting post, and I basically told them, or just asked, really, I just said, you know, if you guys ever need anything, I'd love to just help out. Because it was a real movie, and it yeah. was the first time I got, that was my first time being that close to a real, actual movie. Um, and so I just wanted to be around and learn as much as I can, and they yeah. asked if I knew how to edit, and I said yes. Just say yes to you always everything. just say yes. Yeah. Um, and they said, okay, cool, well, we need some help cutting some scenes. Um, you're young and whatever and understand uh, MTV. <laughs> <clears throat> you're a kid. Yeah, I'm a kid. So, um, and they had some dance sequences. They didn't sequences. call millennials back then, though. No, we didn't. I'm millennials sure didn't even, exist yet. Yeah, you didn't. You don't, yeah. really, you don't really fall in that category, do you? What is I'm it, Generation on the cusp. Y? I'm on the cusp. I don't personally identify yeah. with the millennials, but I'm I'm uh, you can still I'm the year they say in which when they it starts. Start, okay, All which right. I I think sorry about that. I think it's off by a year or two personally. <laughs> I think there's a very distinct okay. cutoff point. I think and I think it's eighty the eighty five to eighty six is the is Cuts the switch. Off. Yeah, because yeah. um, so I made the cut. Not to get too deterred, but I mean yeah. I you know I still largely grew up with no technology. Okay. Um, Certainly not. I didn't have an iPhone. Didn't grow up with an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, 23 or something, yeah. which was a little late, but yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's the, that's the difference. Okay. You know, you get that early and then you're done. You're, fu- so, you're fine. <laughs> which fucked. we'll get, well, which we'll talk about later. So you just oh, so made back the cut, to catacombs. And, but you were, but you were the young kid. So we're, we're, we want the, uh, yeah, the young kid. Yeah. Uh, and editor. I was, I was, uh, yeah, very excited and I kept calling. I called him every week or two. Um, while we were still at school, just bugging them. Mm-hmm. And that's when the editing thing happened. Said, can I? I? said, sure. And then I went home that night and I had, it was a Friday. They said, come in Monday. And that weekend I just studied the Googled shit out of Final Cut tutorials <laughs> and was like, how do you edit? How does any of this shit work? And um, came <laughs> in Monday morning, threw up in the yeah. bathroom. Did um, you literally? I literally did. Both at my own home and yeah. where we were cutting. Um, and then I just sat down and got to work, and then that was the most nerve-wracking two days of my life. Well, maybe worse, but um, was still very nerve-wracking. And um, they liked the scene, and asked they gave me another one, and then I eventually came on board to uh, be part of editorial. That's a big. Yeah, I really admire that. That's a big lesson. There. You know what? Just real quick before we go on, we mentioned Hugo. Hugo yeah, yeah, yeah. He did something very, and he's a very successful commercial director right mm-hmm. now. And he, um, he got an opportunity to, to do a campaign for like Carlsbad or something for, the beer. Like, yeah, for like a, you know, like the sides of buses and 
Cape Town, South Africa or something. I don't know. It was something like that. Or it was like during the World Cup or something. He was an assistant for a big uh, director named Frederick Bond, another Swedish right, right, guy. Right. So he got that sort of through there. He got an, you know, an offer to do this. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing. He had to use a Hasselblad, and he just said yes. And he had to just study the fuck out of this yeah. camera. I think. I mean, he I shows think, up yeah. with like the ad people behind him, and he's by himself, kind of adjusting lights. I can't imagine the stress, dude. But yeah. but but he did the campaign. Yeah. Made a pretty good amount of money, and then he did others as a result. Right. I mean, I don't think he had any now. intention of being a photographer. No, right. No, but he, he was said studying yes, directing. And, yeah, and now mm-hmm. he's doing. He's quite successful. Right. So, but you did this too, and, and I think this is what. I mean, you, you have to do that. You have to jump on it. Yeah. And just kind of jump and kind of. Sew the net up on the way down. Yeah, I mean, what is, what is the uh, the saying? Feet first into the fire. Is that? I yeah. Well, that's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what um, you did. But yeah. So anyway, I mean, you think, did that, and you turned out okay. Yeah, because I don't. You know, the opportunities aren't always where you want them to be, and yeah. so when they or when they you come by them, um, got to make it work. Yeah, I think you have to jump on them. Yeah. Um, Which takes a lot of balls, but that's that's the way it is. Yeah. Well, because I've certainly since then learned that they don't. They don't always come the way you want them to. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Even when you try to create them yourself. Right. Even when you try to create them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't force it. You just have to sort of get zen about it and then let them happen to you. Yeah. Um, which doesn't actually work because you actually have to be incredibly Ever. aggressive. <laughs> but um, it's it's a weird, you know, going both ways kind of thing. So what happened with the whole Saw thing? Um, unf- well, unfortunately... Uh, one of the weekends over the weekends one of the producers passed away and um, that not to I mean his passing was uh, the worst thing so not to belittle that but from there everything that could go wrong on a movie went wrong (laughs) Um, and and some of it was creative but a lot of it was just the business and the politics of the studio and there was a regime change and there was this and that and um, a different marketing department head came in, and so it just sort of it was okay. The movie got lost sure, in yeah. the chaos of all kinds of things happening all at the same time, and um, never we never got to really finish it. And so the version that it's out there that you could find is is um, you know at best thirty forty percent of what was intended. What, and what was the, the movie? movie was never you know color corrected or what was it called? Uh, Catacombs. That's what I thought. Yeah. By the way, so uh, I was flipping through HBO Go the other night. Yeah, it's on there And it now. was there. Yeah. <laughs> so this is Tom, Tom Coker directed it, right? Yeah. With, yeah, Which him we and talked David about together, in that episode, yeah. too. We actually talked quite a bit about this. Yeah, yeah. And just like, you know, and it's, 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 I understand it. I mean, I haven't gone through that thing, that exact experience, but I understand, like, there's so many things that can and usually do go wrong when you're trying to to make a movie or make anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. anything. Yeah. Well, unless it's literally like you writing a novel or something, you know. I, that can go wrong then, too. But, yeah. But mm-hmm. uh it's just part of it's part of what you have to deal with. And um but that led to your relationship with Tom. Yeah, so and Tom and I spent, you know, the better part of a year um in an editing room locked in there together um day after day and uh luckily hit it off yeah no he's a great dude yeah Yeah, he's a funny guy and a smart guy yeah and then um i had written a little movie um and i asked tom to read it and he dug it and asked if i wanted to develop something with him and um 
and that was our our first project together and that was undying love undying love so did you write so again tom's a, a prolific comic book artist yeah he's, he's, tom comes from the early image days he's really early 90s good. um he's got i don't know how many years that's what 20 30 yeah yeah 100 years yeah something like uh, that <laughs> so yeah he's he's been around for a long time um and you know and so you started writing comics with him too not just this movie you write you would write am i yeah, wrong this, am is, I off? A, this is very complicated would, okay <laughs> you know so, take, say whatever you want to say about it but you guys were making you guys were making comics right and so scripts. so when we were developing our project um Tom was drawing for Marvel at the time. And uh, in order for me to pay my bills while we were working, um, he got me hired as his colorist. Um, and I had an art background, so that worked out. Um, but so I started coloring all his Marvel work. Um, and so we were doing Marvel work during the day and then at night uh, writing Undying Love um, as a screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I didn't know it started as that. I actually yeah, thought it started as a comic. We we did it backwards or inside okay. out. <laughs> um, so we were, we did that, and then when we were done with the script, the script went out, and um, there was some interest, but nothing happened. And um, and we well, you know, it was our baby. We had worked on it for a year and a half, I think. Um, and we were really proud of it, and we didn't want to let it just die as yeah. a spec screenplay. Um, that always seemed like the worst thing. You spend all this time working on a script, it goes out, and yeah. nothing happens, and that's it for your story. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. And that's really painful. Yeah. Um, so we said, fuck it, let's do it as a comic, because we can. He'll, Tom will draw it, and I'll color it, and we'll, the two of us will just create this thing whole cloth. Um, and so we sat down for another about six or seven months, and... Um, and, and knocked out the first half of the series. Um, and that's and then Image put that out. Yeah, and it became pretty successful. You did the yeah. whole Comic-Con thing. and <laughs> the whole Comic-Con thing. all that thing. All the comic book conventions. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, similarly to the editing, um, uh, with comics, I sort of... Neither were originally intended, but they've both been incredibly good to me. But... Yeah, I mean, at that time, especially, I mean, you know, we all know that it's fucking all, it's all comic book movies now. It's all Marvel, whatever, constantly. But yeah. at the time that you were doing this, this was kind of a new thing. We were a year, about a year or two ahead of the curve. So, yeah, so yeah. you having this comic was like a big, a big attraction for the studios or any or other people to make this movie. Yeah, right? I mean, the whole, the whole, the Marvel stuff hadn't started yet. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if this is 2010, 2011. The book came out in 2011. We were writing in 10. Um, so I don't even rem- I don't remember what was out then, but it may have been like... I mean, it was definitely pre-Marvel um, or any of the new DC stuff. Yeah. So um, the comic book movie hadn't really like become... The mainstay. Know, the mainstay. Yeah. Um, but so we were a little ahead of the curve, but having what, what, we, what the comic did do was allow people to really understand and see what Tom and I were doing with the script because there was so much of it was so visual um, and not everyone has the ability to imagine things um, <laughs> in the studio exact world or? I, you know <laughs> I uh, I don't want to say too much um, it's okay but, it, but it's not always yeah. easy for people to understand more 
it's not even that out there. It's just supernatural stuff. Uh-huh. But um, but there's a lot of like magic and all this kind of fun stuff. It's a comic stuff. book. It's a comic book. Yeah. Well, it's not just a. I mean, well, come on. <laughs> I don't want to belittle the medium. <laughs> but you know. What, but I'm saying that shit happens, and that shit happens. The magic you, know, you got to accept. Yeah, that shit happens. Guys flying around books. in capes doesn't. You know, it's it's a yeah. little on the magic yeah. side. No capes, but <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean. I I know where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, anything goes um, if you create the world. Yes. Uh, so where were we? So you, the the whole studio experience. The studio experience. <laughs> the um, whole movie. Right. So, so we. Um, so what what ended up happening was once the comic hit the stands and people could see it, um, then people started calling about it because they were first they were interested in it originally as the comic that was they were looking at, and then once they found out there was already a script, um, you They're would like, think hey. that would make things easy. You would, but right. it just actually confused the matter um, because uh, it's just not the normal, you know, chain route. of events. Yeah, yeah. you know, normally there's a comic, they develop it, blah blah blah, but we we had already done all said, that. Hey, work. here it is. Yeah, so I mean, it ended up being great, um, and they. And I you think sold it. We right? sold it. Yeah, Warner Brothers bought it, and um, I think because we had already written the script, um, that helped convince them to let Tom and I onto the lot, and not just take our comic book and you know uh, do something else with it. So we were able to come in and um, and do the development with the studio and the various directors that have been attached and are now. A long, a, a decent list of recognizable names. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I know who some of them are. Yeah, and they some are, of them are, they are. Some of them were public. Some of them weren't. So I don't know yeah. who I should. I can't. I don't remember. Yeah. But, no, you don't have to say. But, but, um, they're, they're, but they're guys. But we work that with a lot of know. really exciting people. Yeah. Um, it was, and then the movie almost got made four times, uh, <laughs> Jesus. with four different, completely different kind of filmmaker packages, yeah. and um, it's been a. I mean, it's been the most up and down thing and we're still going um it's still going on <clears throat> year five yeah and um, someone is working on it we again have a right new now. yeah big uh, guy a new big guy attached which we're super excited about um and are rewriting the script for him now and are gonna so you've, go you've had to again. rewrite every time a million times i would say we've written close to uh upwards of almost maybe 30 drafts yeah. Um, How close is full, this complete, one you know, to the first one? <clears throat> um, Let's say like percentage-wise. Percentage-wise, just... uh, the newest version, which will hopefully be the version, mm-hmm. um, the ultimate version, um, I would say is still about 70% okay. what it was okay. from the very beginning. It's it's actually, It's been a really interesting process and, to see how very small things can affect the story in huge ways i understand i've been experiencing the similar thing yeah so it's not that each version is radically different but each version is it sets into motion a whole domino effect that right it's cute and by the end of it it seems like a bunch of little things here and there but by the end of it it's yeah a completely different beast and this is common right this is actually very common yeah i mean i think we've actually been blessed with an incredibly amazing development process because you you know you hear all the development hell stories and uh-huh. so many scripts are just destroyed by the process yeah and souls um, and souls yeah yours um, was crushed a while ago right you don't have one left i don't think at this point at this you? point it's pretty pretty yeah. much crushed yeah, it's minimal yeah, yeah it's pretty yeah it's which is <laughs> the you light know, in your eyes I, is dimmed yeah <laughs> to say the least to say the least but it is soul crushing it is soul crushing it's it's i've i've i know 
because I'm your friend. I mean, I've, I've kind of, I know I've seen the whole process yeah, yeah. and the ups and downs and I know who some of these names are and I know, you know. Yeah, there was really, some is. really, really exciting but it's also things the, that would, you know, were, were, the, were my dream, you know, yeah. was to always make, all I've wanted to do since I was a kid was just make an awesome big action movie. And you're cont- perpetually right on the edge of doing it. Yeah. And it's like, just, yeah. Taking a big kick to the sack every yeah. couple of well, months. Yeah, well, it's the, you know, you ride the waves yeah. um, up and down. The thing is, too, is like, it ha- we both know the shit happens all the time and even mm-hmm. worse, but that doesn't make you feel any better. You know, you know, you know, but it's like, that doesn't make it easier. No, you know? no. I mean, in almost everyone else's stories of, uh, or experiences exist completely outside of your own. Yeah. Your, your, your own experiences uh, you think is totally unique and separate and it's not, but you think it is so because it's happening to you. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and during this whole time you were continuously writing you, you have, you write just about every day, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. You have, I, a, my, do you have a discipline. Like, yeah, it, I do. I mean, it's, I, my goal is five, five pages minimum, whatever it may be, hopefully 10, but yeah, five to 10 a day. You do like about the same time. Do you do it in the mornings? Um, I'm a little all over the place. Okay. I'll usually like do one thing for a little while, for a okay. few months, two, three months, maybe six months, and then switch it up. Okay. So, but you know. About five pages every day, no matter whether it's. Good or bad. Just, yeah, just get just, it down. You do that. So yeah. you have that discipline. Yeah. I, yeah. I've, I guess I've, yeah, I've gotten better at it in the yeah. past year or two. But the, Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that's really important, though. I think that's really important. Even, yeah, even for your own sort of You well-being. definitely have to just sit down and do it. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of friends that are trying to write, and they just don't actually right. write. Right. Um, that's true of a lot of things, though. People, especially yeah, it's in a this lot of talking, not business. a lot of walking. Yeah, yeah. Um, so even if it's bad, you just, you got to get it down, because if you don't get it down, you don't have anything. Yeah. And if you don't have anything... You got nothing, you know yeah, what I mean? So, yeah. um, and you've written a lot since then. So you're like, you're like, okay, while this, while this thing is continuously like crushing me and killing me, continuously up and down, you've gone on and and done. You've written, I don't know how many other full feature scripts. Yeah, close to a ten. Bunch of, yeah. really that many. Yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah. that's a workhorse. That's a lot of shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I look at it sort of, you know. Uh, if and hopefully when you know if and when you got shit make this pocket movie, to, yeah um I'll be ready right because when we sold the script we had meetings with everyone in town we and they say so what else you got 250 meetings and you know we had every day meetings 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 and everyone said what else do you have and we didn't have anything yeah we had that one thing we've been working on for three years um did you ever have one of those stories where you're pitching and the guy's like looking at his phone and eating a sandwich or something? Well, we didn't even really be, we didn't pitch anything because these yeah. were all, you know, we were, these were like general meetings. You okay. go in and meet everybody, you kind of feel each other out. And, um, you know, we, I mean, we did end up eventually pitching later on stuff, but, and yeah, I definitely have some of those yeah. stories. <laughs> that really happens, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> looking at the phone, you sort of are used to it these days. Everyone yeah. looks at their checks their phone, um, but uh, what what really hurts is when as soon as you're done, they stand up and say thank you and walk out of the room, um, <laughs> because it's always weird that they stay there the whole time, and uh, 
the way they get up tells you that they've wanted to. Yeah, they just I'm want, out. They were nice enough to wait, which and is almost I would rather have not spent oh, half an Jesus, hour struggling through a pitch because um, pitching is really fucking hard. Um, at least it is for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's because that hurts. you are like the you were like the stereotypical like kind of writer genius type. You're like this really. I don't want about the word genius. <laughs> well, you're <laughs> run. You're smart. Okay. Yeah. You, you're a smart kind of introverted, very kind of self-aware dude. Yeah, I'm weird. You know, I guess. You know. Yeah. Fucking weird. Now, no, but you know what I mean. But that's, and there's a sensitivity in there too. And when you're a writer, you're spending a lot of time alone. You're very, you're kind of tend to be a little introverted and self-aware and, and creative. And that means you don't like to go in and have to do a fucking car salesman pitch in yeah. the office. Yeah, and Tom, you Tom know? was the same way. I mean, Tom, whatever you wanted, Tom, there, Tom wanted to draw a picture of it. We didn't want to go right, in. Right, right. We did. We actually did a lot of artwork for various pitches, which was a huge mistake because this is totally pointless. We, you know, Tom would spend hours working on artwork. We'd go in, we'd pitch, we'd say, here's all this art. And they would just, the look on their face was just to like glaze over. Wow. Um, because this was not, again, this was out of the norm to be presenting artwork. Thank you. A little more water. Um, we're at the diner still. So. Yeah, we're still at the house of uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I lost myself. Um, no, we're just talking about how, you know, usually a personality of someone who is a good writer. Oh, the introverted. Yeah. You're, guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, well, but so yeah, so Tom was also the same way, and so we ended, you know, we tried to do everything we could except verbally pitch, which is what people right. want to hear. They want you to tell them what what it is, not show them. Which That's I, I thought you were supposed to show, don't yeah, tell. Yeah. But uh, whatever. Uh, it's and, just um, a lot of it's so a lot of we, balls you have to juggle to get. So this. at a certain point, we just said, "Fuck this, we're not going to do this anymore." Okay. Um, and we just went back to writing specs because for us it was easier to just fully get develop the whole a thing screenplay done. than to pitch it. Right. Um, which does take a while to do it, that. Yes. Yeah. But that's still that was your wheel. That was that was your wheelhouse. Not getting in the room and, and trying to sell it. Yeah, story. I'm not a. Uh, I've gotten better at speaking to people, but uh, other humans. Um, <laughs> but when we have to. Yeah. But um, but definitely in the beginning, I mean, I was I was I was really, I didn't know anything. I was you know horrifying, man. Everyone acted. Everyone just. I don't know if they were if we should take it as a compliment or not. But everyone just acted like we knew what we were doing, and we had no fucking idea what we were doing. This was our first script, and um, we totally had never been inside you know the studio walls and these kinds of meetings and meeting the kind of people we were meeting, and we were just. I mean. I don't know, a, a little bit in over our, not in over our heads, we just didn't know yeah. how all this shit worked yet. Yeah. So it was... It it's was fucking a, horrifying. It was definitely a learning, I mean, I'll, well, the the selling of a screenplay and, and eventual uh, rise and fall of the, may, almost making the movie was uh, incredibly educating, way yeah. more than any of the art schools or film school stuff. I mean, yeah. the thing about film school is they don't actually teach you how the war, the business works, yeah. which is the only thing that they should be teaching you. Yeah. The rest of it is up to you. I mean, you can, you can teach people, you know, basic storytelling and right. composition and all these things, but really at the end of the day, they, they should be bringing that to the table and what 
you should be learning in school is how to actually facilitate anything happening in your life because what they just basically they tell you you know teach you to make a couple little short films which i feel should be a prerequisite but even, even that, being there for me like even even like my first one that i made right. i learned more from that than i did from the entire school experience right. and by the way we went to a a really good school yeah one of the best it's it's been right like I mean, the number one, one design school design in the world school. yeah, yeah. Especially and for a car design. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, we went to, oh, I'm not going to say, you know, you know, right. but we, so we're talking about a good school and even, even there, it's just not possible to, it's, it's all about doing it really. Yeah. Who's the uh, famous alumni? Zack Snyder. Tarsem. Tarsem. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. So, you get the idea for that. That's the I think there's, but there's been a lot of DPs, I think, that have come out of there that are really good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know. Anyway, but um, so during this whole process, you were writing all these other things and you were trying to get your own shit done and you made it. We made a short. Yeah, we made a short. Yeah, you were in my well, first short since school. Was that your very first one? Since, co- yeah, since, since college. Yeah, since college. That was and, my first uh, actual attempt at really directing. You had a, like, um, I bet it was, it was, you had like a real composer on it. It was, it was beautiful. It's like a po- post-apocalyptic short. I'll put it up. I'll yeah, put it up you'll on put it thing. up. It's called Frontier. <laughs> it's... I mean, I mean, we, if we, I got right. to go to a couple theaters, and you had, you had screened it. Was yeah, it was in, in some Westwood? festivals. Yeah, the a couple Whatever little little, little, festi- yeah. little festivals in the city. Um, it was a blast. I mean, I yeah. it's still my favorite thing I've made to this day. I mean, in it was one day, like, one with day. A I mean, crew of two, crew of two, two actors. We shot it in like six hours. Um, in the Salton Sea, just drove out to the Salton Sea and and made it work. Yeah, um, on a seventy. No yeah. sound, like just went out and shot it, and then, you know, you'll see. You'll, when you, when yeah, you post I'll put it, it up. It. I'll put it up, and that's what no, we I mean, made. Um, people like it. I mean, I I like it. I think it's really cool. Yeah, it's, I I so I like it. But but you want to do more, and you're working on doing more right now, and this is like led to like what we're seeing on Vimeo lately. Yeah, it was uh yeah, and you were, we were just talking about that before we before we started recording. I don't know what you're what we're gonna say about it, but like. I know for me, a lot of what I, and I haven't, I, I'm guilty of not actually being up to date with a lot of the, I used to be pretty religious about checking out staff picks all the time and just seeing what was out there, but it's been a while since I've done that. But in years past, I I found that there was a lot of really beautiful eye candy on there. Yeah, uh, there's some good looking stuff. There's beautiful stuff and a lot, a lot of people that are learning you know how to do their own effects and then okay there's a lot of guys running around with guns and stuff like but is beautiful and is like really truly impressive a lot of this stuff is i find it boring as shit yeah i've heard that from a couple people i i on one level think something like vimeo could be really awesome and could be sort and of of course i'm not saying about everything right right right, right but a lot of the stuff that's out but there. i i uh i kind of got into the the Vimeo content, which is its own brand of content, the the stuff you see on Vimeo you don't see on YouTube, yeah. Um, and the same, you know, the other way, um, you know, Vimeo is a place for people that they make stuff that they want to, you know, put up and be part of that kind of community, right? And I don't think they've really succeeded at building the proper infrastructure to to host that kind of community, um, but they, but there's there's, but I like what it could be, um. Like last year or something, the guys who started it left, and it 
it just seems to have yeah. wallowed. Um, oh, is that has it? I know that that's true. Yeah, that's but true. in theory, I think it's a really it's really interesting because it's a it's a it's a platform where you can see the sort of next wave of you know independent um, content um, where all the stuff that is on there for the most part or or most or ideally. Um, is stuff that is people try to actually make something. It's not yeah. a bunch of, uh, you know, cell phone recordings of right horrible things happening in public places. <laughs> um, so, like ten years ago, when this was kind of becoming a new thing, where like, hey, everybody can pick up a camera and make a movie. And right, people are saying right. that, and, and then YouTube, you know, so and the whole sort of uh, democratization thing where everybody can do a camera, and make a movie. Yeah, so pe- people were talking about that, and people were doing it, but now as about 10 years or so later you're getting people kids young people that really know technically it's very natural to them how to do their own effects or how to they really have a, a technical skill and now they're doing things and now that's what is becoming more common like not only has it become vastly democratized but now you have people who are technically pretty proficient yeah I mean even a lot of the like YouTube stuff where it's just people talking to the camera about their like what they bought at the store today they'll even have like a nice Green little light setup going and, on yeah or they're yeah. like li- you know they have a little three light setup right and i'm like it's just some you know 15 year old girl in her you know in her room in some suburban right. house but she's got it like figured out the lighting yeah she's got like um, the black magic shooting it and stuff and yeah <laughs> so i mean that whatever that's not anyway back to vimeo yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I really like what it could be, and there's some really great stuff on there. But I've also seen, in the past year or two, a uh, uh, almost like a slope downward in terms of of just what's being made. There's still a bunch of stuff being made, but it's it's. I don't. I feel, I feel like there's there's something lost. How so? Or there's something losing. Um, I think with the democratization um, of everything. Uh, there's also been like a homogenization of ideas of ideas and of, of not only ideas, but also um, the way people are making pictures. Do you think everybody's basically thinking the same thing? I think they're all looking at each other's stuff and thinking that that's how you're supposed to do it. Okay. Um, Because everything has become so, you know, referential. Right. That uh, I think everyone's just looking at, you know, this whole idea of like the trendsetters. So or there's the, one actual style. Yes. More I, or less. I have definitely noticed one overall style dominating not only the indie content on Vimeo, but a lot of the uh, music video and commercial content being made today on, you know, most of the low and mid range level. Let me the ask high you range, this. the high, you know, the big, the big spots commercials still have that they still have those prestige directors yeah but everyone younger is doing the same thing is kind of doing the same thing is part of that the the whole kind of like terrence malick imitation with like uh, the whole kind of the sun the golden hour the spinning yeah, around little, kind of stuff definitely like the old a lot of that looking thing um but when that stuff's done well it's always gorgeous so yeah. it's always nice to look at but i even more than that, and I think this style is the Malik thing is definitely partially influenced this style. But it's there's this tendency now to essentially shoot everything in a roving, like 
you know, mid-range shot mm-hmm. um, where I the thing I don't see happening anymore, um, and this is true for even a lot of movies, um, is I don't see any actual directing going on. What do you mean by that? Um, maybe people are working with the with the actors. I don't even. I haven't even seen. I think that that's still going on. The performances are still being tailored, but in terms of the photography, there's that this one prevailing style which is now dominating, which is this sort of flat kind of roving camera, which doesn't have any personality or identity, and there's no. I don't see any choices okay. being made in the shot selection, in the the way the sequence is going to play. There's no voice. There's no voice. There's no nothing being said. There's no style. There's no identity. There's no. There's 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 nothing there really. It's just kind of what empty. I was talking about earlier is not having really much of a story. Just like doing something. That's flash. another problem. That's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. But, so can you let's can you hold this thought right now where you where you want to go with I'll this? I'll try. I'll try. Okay. Because okay. I want to ask you what do you think? Because one of the things I really appreciate you is with you is we you're the only guy we have so many crazy time and this it's not even it's not even weed fail, fueled uh-huh. it's actually although you know sometimes it, could, it is maybe yeah. but uh <laughs> but we talk i mean you we i can talk with you about so many crazy things that you know, we just have the best and that's why i had to have you on this show but one of the things we've talked yeah about i don't even have past, any reason to be here <laughs> <laughs> one of the things we talked <clears throat> about is uh this idea of um this sort of culture of likes, of yeah. getting likes, of being yeah, and 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 we and I've talked about how, you know, I feel like every generation has had their sort of statement or uh, well, their, there, there's their, always been a counterculture of a rebellion. There of is kind, no more counterculture. counterculture. Per, exactly. I mean, maybe now with the way things Mine, are, and this is going to show my age, but there was like in Generation X, if you whatever, if you want to give them labels or whatever, like, right? But you know, you had the whole kind of. Kurt Cobain thing or something, you know. Right. So, sort of this re- revival of kind of a punk. Yeah, I mean, punk kind grunge, of a thing. Punk metal. Was I mean, all of the music scenes yeah, they were so always seventies and eighties was punk. Those were all nineties. You had the yeah. whole grungy thing or whatever. Right. Sixties, you had you know, mods, uh, everything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, drugs, mood stock, whatever. Yeah. But so this one, you have uh, duck face peace sign selfie let's get as many likes as we can so well it's because 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 the nature of social media it's a popularity contest and it's the aim is to be is to get as many likes as possible and to be the same though that that's the part well you end up being the the same disturbs me is 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 there's nobody who's who who's gonna rise up and be the the next like voice and and music is it gonna be is it bieber i mean it's like I think Bieber's and, already done. Okay, but you know, from what I, mean? what I hear, he's run his course. And it's the same with with movies. I mean, there, yeah, there might be some exceptions, but it's like it's more of a um, idolization of a of a conformity. Yeah. Then, then well, there's there's no more counterculture. Which scares the shit right out of me. Really. Actually, it freaks um, me out. And do you th- yeah, tell me about what you think about that. And do you think that this Vimeo thing and this lack of direction is related to that? I think it's well. I think everything's connected at a certain yeah. point. Um, let's let's break let's go take it one at a time okay uh, so talking about lack of directing lack of 
you know, vision and uh, right. Well, let's just to go to the music, the music okay. counterculture thing first. Okay. The th- in the likes, the the thing I see going on with the social media stuff is that the by design, it's about getting likes and your friend count, and mm-hmm. it's an, it's a point system now, mm-hmm. right? And to get the most points, you need the most likes, which means you need to attract the most amount of people, which means being non-offensive to the most right. amount of people Very possible. Very middle of the road. Straight up the middle. Yeah. Um, I mean, mediocrity is king. That's right. That's yeah. Uh, so, if everyone's aiming to be mediocre and turn and to get to become popular, um, then you're not. Then we're we're done, right? There's nothing new being made because to be make something new and different means to be new and different, and generally and rejected. Yeah, instead, I mean, of, instead of like that's not cool anymore. I mean, look, punk, hip hop, all of it comes from a counterculture roots. Absolutely, um, yeah. and all of it has been co-opted and yeah. is now you can buy all of it. Yeah. It's all sold right Eventually, back. Eventually, yeah, yeah. So every they, every one of them has. They've bought. They, yeah, they co-opted every aesthetic and sound and now you can go to hot topic you know in the mall you can go to the mall and you can pick your identity um and then within that identity if you do the right you wear the right costume and you do the right things you get the most likes and i guess people feel validated by that because they're they have that little point thing on their phone that says i got this many points today and um, that means this many people like me. <laughs> it's even it even comes down to like language and how you say things. Like for example, like when people write in a sentence like that period really period. Oh yeah, period the whole all the punctuation or, you know, or something yeah, like I'm, that. I yeah. mean, it's just like oh okay, I saw someone do that, so now I'm gonna do it, and that's instead of. I just it's, it, it not only disgusts me. It, it actually it it really kind of freaks me out. Like it makes me feel yeah. like. Uh, I'm I'm very there's, concerned about the There's a tidal wave of, of clones, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But anyway, not, not to sound like an old negative. I know. Get off man, my lawn. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I'm totally that guy. guy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm very old, young guy. <laughs> <clears throat> but but it. Uh, so do you, I'm I'm suggesting that maybe that has led to what you're talking about with Vimeo. And I don't know if yeah, I, if I mean, you I think it's all connected. I mean, again, you have this sort of trendsetter thing where you know there's or the what tastemaker. I mean, they have all you know they right the people that get the most likes get awarded the title of being able to essentially become the new commercials. Right. Um, so you get a million likes, and then companies will come and pay you to show your products off. Right. Um, you use your your feet. I mean, you know. Your follower feed is like right. a new commodity. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a form of stardom. Yeah, I mean, in a way, as horrible as all this shit is, it's also kind of it's kind of cool because we're sort of entering the real life version of cyberpunk. Yeah, it just doesn't look that cool. It doesn't look like Blade Runner, right? right? It doesn't look like what we thought it was. Like so all it's the cool uh, movies. The it worst just, of the worst of both worlds. Yeah, it looks <laughs> we don't, like it looks we don't like get this. the cool slick look, and right. we get the but worst we, part of but it. But we get all the problems. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, increasingly, I've been noticing that we're like entering this sort of new age. This cyber, in, yeah. What, like, what have you noticed? Like, what do you mean by that? Like, you know, on the train or anywhere you go, they're like the, you know, it's, you know, on the surface, you have the militarization of the police. You have. Mm-hmm surveillance everywhere you have you know emerging ai mm-hmm. you have 
self-driving cars. You're right. Um, this all ties into that. You know, in the next five to too. ten years, it's going to, you know, all the movies that we've been watching for the past 50 years from, you know, Blade 2001, Runner, Children of Men to, uh, you know, Blade Runner to a certain extent. Look yeah. at China. China looks like Blade Runner when it's all yeah. smoggy. Um, Minority Report. I mean, essentially, you know, With a I feel like Minority Report was the part that nailed the... The marketing. The closest, yeah. Yeah. It, that's really happening. You know, the ads that when you walk by or yeah. uh, read your face and... Oh, we have this uh, we have this cashmere sweater at the Gap that you yeah. know, like. I guess the only difference is that they, they didn't really perceive AR, the augmented reality, before. They thought those ads everyone would be able to see. But their actual ads are going to be projected on the inside of your eyes by a little disc. But that sounds kind of cool. We were talking about I everything. Know. I mean, I don't, I don't want any I don't, of that shit in my face. It's not that I want it, but yeah. you're talking about everything being cyberpunk, but not really without the, without the it's not as cool. visible right, aspect right. of right. it. But it, we have all the stuff that is leading is, in that direction. Is that is, 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 come, is emerging. It's coming now. It's starting. So do you, I mean, even the like, you know, celebrity culture, like the Kardashians and all these types of people, I mean, these are, Almost, you know, these are science fiction characters at a certain point. Or you can look at our current president. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about as cyberpunk yeah. as it gets. It's like cr- a like a celebrity media mogul, right? Yeah, um, like tyrannical overlord, you know, who's just like a egotistical little boy. Um, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy to look at it like, like that. it really it is. sucks that it's reality, but it's also like the coolest movie <laughs> or like above like a dystopian so like you know what i mean like we all get to live our own dystopic yeah. fantasy now yeah if you can just re- kind of lift the veil and really look at it yeah um and see the obeys everywhere yeah um so do you do you in what, in what you're doing in writing do, is is this a topic that you want to sort of increasingly tackle directly yeah. or indirectly yeah i as i've gotten a little older and wiser and hopefully and, and read more books yeah. um, and seen a little more of the world my uh, my interests have definitely uh, evolved matured um, where the the you know the balls to the wall action movie I wanted to make as a kid is is uh, I, I as much as I love that stuff I, I want to move a little f- deeper than that or farther along. So, do you want to try to make something that uh, some people will kind of help to help sort of lift I mean, this veil for some people yeah, a little I mean, bit my, without my, being pretentious? I mean, you know, you're making a movie, I right? Mean, you know, I mean, my my original inspiration has always been the like '70s horror, so Dawn of the Dead, Cronenberg, mm. um, Romero, all those mm. Carpenter, all those movies were awesome, fun genre movies. Um, but they also were all about something. They all were socially relevant. You're talking about like, way. Uh, the, like they live. They live. I mean, do you think that could get made? Today? Well, I know that. I mean, yeah. Well, they can try, and they they yeah. are because my are they redoing it? I have a I know a, I have a buddy in the system who's trying to to remake, remake the short story that it's based on, and I I do what I can to stop him um, <laughs> to impede his progress on that. <laughs> Um, because it's they 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 can remake the short story and redo the movie, but it won't be that movie. Yeah, and they won't they won't make that statement, and they won't. Say I wouldn't any of those think things. so. I wouldn't think so. Um, 
It's kind of remarkable that it was made at, at all. Yeah, I mean, well, the, it, it uh, when it came out, it was like number one for two weeks, and then it just mysteriously got pulled after two weeks. I th- I've heard that. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, and then it was ev- it wasn't even on. I VHS saw that in the theater years. when I was a kid. Yeah, I think I was really, a, a teenager, maybe. It was a, not an easy movie to find for a long time. Interesting. Um, I caught it on cable as a kid repeatedly, um, but that's what I grew up on, and so I've always. Um, I love genre, action, science fiction, horror, mm-hmm. um, but I, I have more and more. I have problems with when those, when any movie or any story is is told with without any meaning or purpose or right. Um, when something is empty, it's just a it's a lie. Well, that's why I'm yeah. bored with Vimeo, for the most part. Right. Yeah. For the most part. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll still defend Vimeo. I still. But um, but yeah, it's it's not as the flow well, of of good stuff is definitely you know when I say paper. that I look it's not like I'd rather watch YouTube or something. all the best stuff is on Vimeo and there's amazing shit on Vimeo there's there truly is I'm just saying I'm talking about specifically this eye candy thing that we're talking about I have no beef with Vimeo I love it I think yeah. I think it's amazing I love it but you know what I mean this yeah, thing no, that I we're talking about this whole yeah. you know. I guess what I'm saying is not Vimeo. I'm saying this. I'm talking about the movement. I, I that would we say see the, on there the medium that, of yeah. visual storytelling. Yeah, yeah, um, is in danger, and that's in. Everyone wants to keep going on and on about this golden age of television, and I don't think it's. A, I mean, nine out of ten shows look and sound exactly the same. There's nothing like everyone has has accepted that movies and TV shows look a certain way. That the shots. You know, it's always the same coverage. It's always the same shots. It's always the same lighting. It's always the same costumes. It's always the same aesthetic. Right. Um, and it's the same storytelling tempo. It's the same storytelling devices. It's the same storytelling, you know, it's, it's people have just accepted that that's the way it is when it's, it can be anything. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely a few movies every year that are fantastic. Yeah. But I, by and large, am pretty underwhelmed or disappointed by almost everything these yeah. days and i again don't want to be the old get off my lawn guy but yeah but at the end of, i mean but stuff isn't very good these yeah. days music most of all but movies are definitely hurting um comics same um even then i think i think everything is is uh under threat at this point what's the solution is there one no, no, it's hopeless. <laughs> you fight the good fight and then you die, and that's it. But you, you know, every you once can. in a while, I mean, something just, does get can. through, though. You know, something, yeah, yeah. and it's always been that way. Right? It's it's always movies, been that way. Movies, there's the by and I mean, for the most part, most movies have always sucked. Uh huh. Even in the seventies, even in the sixties, when yeah, I, all the sure. great stuff was being made, still so much crap. Right. Um, it's always been that way. So to think that things have gotten worse is not necessarily true. But there's always been those diamonds in the rough. There's and those things where that, that where you can and I've I actually just talked about this with somebody recently, and I don't remember who it was in one of these one of these episodes. But um, like Stanley Kubrick was a, a really good example of someone who, and it's not like he's you know makes block but or made big big movie, but they were successful. But they were huge. Yeah, I mean they were some of them. Yeah, yeah. they were they were largely successful, and all really medium, dense. Yeah, but all you know in that medium 
really range dense. that they don't make anymore. But also in a way that that would be when I say that, like um, like Full Metal Jacket, for example. And we don't have to talk about that movie mm-hmm. specifically, but every one of his movies had a shit ton of symbolism, had a, a lot of meaning. Uh, and, and that was a movie that's like, oh, that's a Vietnam movie, you know, and, and it was in but the even, malls and people, you right, know, it's, right. and but people even still that look at it, oh, it's a badass war movie. But it was also you incredibly know? experimental and it's that's storytelling. That's my point. That's right. my point. Every single one that he did. Yeah. They were all different too. Comple- yeah. Every one he, of his he movies managed to is unique. do something with right. them. This is just one example to pull out of a hat. Right. But, um, so there's a, there's a way to kind of sneak it in. And it's not about a message necessarily, but it's just saying something. No, it's, it's, it's just, just about something. it's communicating. Uh, right. I mean, at the you end, know. it's if it's if it doesn't have any meaning or purpose, whether that's a message or just sincerity. Yeah. Then it's just propaganda. That's big to say that. What what, what could it be? Oh, well, I don't want to. Are <laughs> <laughs> you afraid to talk about it? <laughs> yeah, we're getting into stoner talk. All right. Um, <laughs> But it but, but it is at the end of the day because it's 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 um it's a depiction of reality that's not real that's there as escapism from the real world. Some escapism is if you know that's what it is is okay. Sure, I mean, of course. Right? I mean, and that's what that's, movies are. They are yeah, es- sure. escapist, but um, but to make things with the intent of distracting your that's the word right distraction. distraction yeah yeah not escapism. Well, it's. Right. I mean, it's a certain amount of... Sed- like, sedation and distraction. Yeah, complacency. Right. You know, everyone just gets lulled into their, you know, hashtag Netflix and chill. Yep. Just stay, sit there in front of your screen and don't go outside and don't live your life. <laughs> don't don't yeah. read. Don't read. Don't Definitely don't learn anything. Don't, don't think. No. Nope. I definitely don't question anything. Anyway, this we're getting off topic. Um, <laughs> Not entirely. When you say don't question anything, it's like don't don't be like everybody else. Be like everybody else. Yeah. Do be. Yeah. Or get smashed down. Right. I mean, they've or made banished. They've made being different or not or having an opinion that's not what everyone else is thinking or saying. At least the people in your either in your physical bubble or in your little or your tech bubble. Your social one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, but to be different is now a negative. That freaks me out. Yeah. That freaks me out. And, and especially that have, happening in this country, which... Right, the land of individualism one of the, and truth right. and liberty. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and it's... Yeah. That's, and it's happening. Yeah. It's definitely happening. I mean, and that has... That's been happening for a long time, though. That's not just starting. That's not, like, because of Trump. You know, this no, has been going no, on no, for a no. long time. <clears throat> so... You are writing something that's sort of addressing this a little bit, or you want to do something like that? Um, What's next for you? I, I yeah, I mean, more and more of my stuff is is uh, incorporating these ideas or questions or themes, um, including the short you're doing, or another feature, or a comic, or you want to talk about any anything? I mean, have honestly, everything I'm, I'm yeah. working on is is uh, exploring this kind of stuff. Um, you know, in the guise of of action and fun and. Right, things blowing like, up, you know, like we talked about. Right, yeah. I just, I just don't know why those two things have to be separate. You know, why you can't well, make something don't. that's fun and cool, and also, as there's a reason to be watching it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, just, I mean, that's what's important to me, and that's what kind of drives me to keep going. Um, after all these years of, of being on the edge of success, right on that right? bubble, yeah, it's like I haven't, 
I've had some success, but I haven't been successful fully. Yeah. You know, I, but I've been walking this this tightrope, waiting it's, to fall one yeah. way or the other. But I. But you're ready with a lot of material, and it's no. it is on the you are it is it is going to happen. And how, I mean, so how would someone who this stuff that we're talking about, if this clicks with someone and they think that this shit is cool too, or something, or they see that there's some truth in it, and they wanna they wanna kind of keep track of you and see what you're up to. And you know, and see what you're writing, or see what you're gonna do, because uh-huh. you're because you're 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 making stuff. You're not just sitting and waiting. You're and you have no, some, no. I you can't. You, I know you can't you wait. You and can't wait because no one. It's not gonna just happen. You not, gotta. Never. You gotta be hundred. You gotta be so proactive and, you're and aggressive. Doing it. And you're doing a film next month that you don't even know how it's fully funded yet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any money, Which, but I'm gonna make this movie. That's way. That's how it gets done, though. <laughs> that's how. It gets, so you're doing this stuff. Yeah. So if someone uh, that thinks. You know this kind of shit is as is, is cool or up their alley. How do they follow you? How do they? How do they? How do they? How do they keep you track on the of you? internet? Yeah, is that what you're asking? Uh, that's I guess that. Not, well, you're not going to give your phone number out, right? No, um, <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe yeah. I should. Um, the yeah, I mean you can. Do you have you, a website? Yeah, I have a website. Um, www comics and all that. Yeah, www.danielfriedman.tv, uh, F-R-E-E-D-M-A-N. Okay. Um, that's kind of got a, a, you know, a good overall, you know, overlook at the the stuff that I've sort of... Will you put your film stuff up there as it comes, or is it just... Yeah, it as comes? it comes, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the stuff on there is all the stuff that's been completed and out for a little while, so um, I'm dying to get the newer things on there once they're done. Um, but yeah, you can sort of follow my stuff on there, and then also... TV. Danielfreeman.tv, and then um, I'm on Instagram. Um, you can, uh, my name is not Daniel Friedman on Instagram. Is that your artsy fartsy one? Yeah, the artsy fartsy one. Yeah. Um, which, which you know, again, I have for that. I have a whole, I have a whole thing about that. You know, I'm trying to, uh, being the contrarian that I am, I'm, yeah. I'm attempting to use Instagram in the opposite way that other people do. It's a judo um, move. Yeah, which you know necessarily it. doesn't mean it's successful. I don't not like I have a yeah, bunch of followers but, but or anything. You do it. But but I'm 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 trying to use I'm trying to use the platform in a different way. So if most people use it to take selfies and right. talk about what they're doing in their life, I try to do the opposite of that. So Okay. Um so you got I got that and then um so yeah, if you go to I mean on VM on, and then you can find my stuff on Vimeo too. So, so I'll put all the links <laughs> in the it's triumphanddisasterblog.com. Look for Daniel Friedman and I'll put all that shit up there on Vimeo, ironically. Yeah, and then I mean, you know, once any once some of this stuff is uh up and running and out, it'd be nice to come back. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially um, once Undying Love finally gets made too. Yes, hopefully that uh <laughs> it definitely yeah. will. And I think um and Matthew Wilder, who has been on the show right. twice, right? Uh, and once he was on with one of the dual episodes, he was on with uh, Kevin Schulman, and uh, so he's a huge cinephile, as you know, and so are you. So he wants to uh, talk movies, like he wants to talk about what I'm, makes movies good, why are they bad. We're gonna I'm, get more. I'm into ready. This shit, so Anytime. we'll do that. So we'll look out for that too soon. Sounds good. Is there anything else you want to talk about or I didn't ask about him this time? We're uh, going to do another one with him, so we'll have a chance. Maybe, what, I, whatever you got, man, I got to... Um, no, I, th- I mean, no, we'll, we'll, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. But this is the kind of shit that we talk about alone and personally that I think uh, 
I think that other people might want to listen in on. I mean, I would have. Yeah, I, I just hope cool. I didn't say anything that's going to haunt me. Yeah, you're going to you just don't take any private planes. Right, right. <laughs> no. Nah, it was good. It was good. So that's it. Sounds we'll, good. We'll see, you with, uh, we'll see you with Wilder. Thanks, man. Thank you. So that was Daniel Friedman, you guys. I hope you really enjoyed that talk. Uh, he's actually going to be in another show with one of our past guests, Matthew Wilder, who is a screenwriter of Dog Eat Dog. And um, so we're going to have those guys together. And uh, I already recorded it, and it's I lo- it's amazing. If you're, it's just for movie lovers, though. It's totally for cinephiles. So it's an amazing talk about movies, what makes movies good, and just uh, what makes them bad, and just kind of pinpoints everything and picks everything apart. And it's just a really cool conversation. So look forward to that. If you like this one and like any others, if you could leave a rating and review on uh, iTunes, I'd really appreciate it. And I'll be more than happy to call you out in the show. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.